0: This is the Spa Retailer Podcast, where we talk retail, business, and all things related to the hot tip industry. I'm your host, Megan Kendrick, owner of Spa Retailer Magazine. Welcome to the Spa Retailer Podcast. Today, I have Bobby and Christy Carlson from Alaska Stove and Spa on the podcast. And you guys have had quite the couple of weeks. You live in Alaska, but in some ways, you took the direct hit from Hurricane Ian this last week, unfortunately. We were talking about it before we hit record and Bobby had to fly down to Alaska and help his mom evacuate and probably going to have to go back and do some cleanup here really soon. So what a mess and stress for you guys. This is fun for me because I don't think I've ever interviewed you guys before. And so this is going to be a whole learning thing for me as well. So you find out about your business. And I'm super curious to hear what it's like doing business in Alaska and the specific challenges that that has for you guys. But before we get started on all of that, could you Just give me a little background on the business and how it got started and how you ended up taking ownership of it.
1: Yeah. My grandpa started the business in 1967. Okay. And I think we were the first uh, business selling wood stoves up here. And, you know, business was back then I wasn't around, so I can't tell you exactly, but it worked out well and eventually expanded products to include bathtubs and hot tubs. Okay. I think we got into exercise equipment for a little bit. We do sauna products as well. Oh, sure. And the things have just grown from there. We've we did pool tables as well.
2: Trying to think of all the things throughout the years, even before our time. Oh man, this, we try products and some things are good up here and some things aren't and it's just We're different up here.
0: It's interesting too, because with all retailers, right, something that's really great for someone in one area just isn't in another. And there is a rhyme or reason, but in some ways it doesn't feel like there's any rhyme or reason. Some things hit and some things don't.
2: (laughs) Correct. Or some things might be extremely challenging or some things are just easier to do over others. I think the pool table was good for a long time but it just became so tedious and so Mm -hmm. difficult to deliver and just became a product that
1: they became challenging to to stock and actually get here because Alaska has such a long travel for all of our products to get here is about a two-week journey by a steamship or barge and fragile items a lot of them become broken on the way it has its challenges for sure
0: Yeah, that's interesting. We talk about lead times and how they're so bad right now and all the things, but for you guys, probably not used to lead times being quite like they have been lately, but still you're dealing with a little bit longer than most people probably would.
1: Yeah. You tack on an extra couple of weeks and then also the extra expense to get products up here. And then unfortunately, sometimes the products, when they show up and we've waited all this time for them only to find that they're broken. And then we start the Process all over again. Yeah. yeah. When you
0: talk about shipping them, you guys are actually putting them on a ship. <laughs> They're not, yeah. stuff isn't trucked up. It's actually going across the water to get to you. <laughs> Every time.
1: Yep. Wow, that's, oh, that's fascinating.
0: Way. Yeah. All right. That makes sense. Where, are, we didn't say this, but where are you guys located at in Alaska?
1: We're in Anchorage. Okay. We just have That's the biggest city, the big mm-hmm. city, and it's got the big port. So we can bring our ships
0: in. So, when did you start getting involved in the business? Is it one of those things where you grew up sweeping the floors and coming in and helping out when you when you were a kid?
2: Uh, it's even worse than that. I think he was holding cardboard boxes on the side of the road even before sweeping.
1: Yeah, I started in <laughs> advertising. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs>
0: and then oh, moved
2: on to the broom after that which is better than the box holding and then,
1: I know but
0: that's going to be that would be a draw if i saw a cute little kid on the side of the roll, road okay. holding a sign i'd be a lot
2: more likely than a grown up saying oh, yeah. twirling. twirling. <laughs> Yeah. We've already got our 13 year old son banked out for hopefully our grand opening next summer with his friends. Cause they've got those blow up inflatable things. We'll have them out in the street and we'll have them doing the same thing.
0: Perfect. <laughs> yeah. I think that's, I think that's great.
2: <laughs> got to start somewhere.
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Things to learn from the bottom up.
2: It's important.
1: <laughs> yeah. So my, my dad started, I think around 73 and I think he was right out of high school nope. and so he went right into the business and stuck with it And for me. I just helped on and off on the summers when I was really young we saw I started out sweeping just helping out then as I got into like high school then I would work in the summer but I also did a lot of other jobs and so I had no plans to really become part of the business at that time and but over the years just spent more and more time here and then working other jobs I just eventually gravitated right back to the business and here we are I was never really serious until maybe about 2011, and that's where things started to click for me, and I started Mm -hmm. to take a little bit more initiative and put a little more effort in the business. Mm -hmm. And my dad turned things over to me probably about maybe about six years ago. Yeah, I would say. Then I've been just taking over all the operations here.
0: It's interesting when you look at family businesses, because I think you see that a lot. You kind of get to that third generation and they're like looking at it like, "Eh, I don't know if that's really for me. Because you grew up seeing all the good and the bad, right? Things Mm -hmm. that were good about it. And then the things that are tough about being an entrepreneur. And yeah, you kind of get to that third generation. It seems like, I don't know, (laughs) (laughs)
2: Right.
0: <laughs> but it's good that you came back around and now it's what you're happy that you're doing it. And it's what you
1: enjoy. I'm hoping- I had to do a lot of other careers before I came full circle back around. Yeah. And I think that's important because mm-hmm. not only did it give me a lot of grounded experience, yeah. but yeah, then I could, I got to see if the grass was greener on the other side. And when I come back much more appreciated. And yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah so I, think, I think it's important. Yeah. I think that's good too. I think you really run into trouble when people feel like they don't have a choice and that this is the path that's laid out for them, whether they like it or not. Yeah. It's good that you are able to find your own way and that, yeah, it came back to being in the family business, but it sounds like that wasn't something that was forced upon you. So I think that makes a huge difference and just attitude about doing it because running a small business is a lot of work. If your heart's not in it, it's, it would be pretty tough.
1: Yeah, brutal. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so many things. Yeah. Christy, when did you, how did you get roped into this? I think anytime you have a small business, like, the spouse is always part of it, like, whether it's official or not, like, you are yeah. in it with them.
2: <laughs> right. Yeah. So I was in more of a real estate side of the world when I met Bobby and we moved away and checked out the grass on the other side outside of Alaska. And like he said, back in maybe it was 2010 time frame when we started evaluating our lives and kids and futures and just decided to come back up and help out with the company. So we had a little shop in Fairbanks and that's where I grew up was in Fairbanks, Alaska. It was one of his dad's dreams to always have a store there. So I was like, well, that's my home. That's where my family is. So we packed up and moved to Fairbanks and ran that location for a couple of years and came back and Robert and Nancy, because his mom also ran to work for the company, of just course. the same. So <laughs> I-, I took over her position. He took over dad's position. And I became a bookkeeper and sales and whatever hat you put on every day, What that is what it is. So, yeah. Yeah. For uh, sure. it, it changes every
0: day, doesn't it? Whether yeah, it yeah, just has to get totally. done. So you do it.
2: <laughs> yeah. So I think a decade has passed now or almost a decade and here we are still Doing it. Every yeah. day.
0: What products do you guys carry now? You listed off a lot, but so you've got the wood stoves and hot tubs and...
2: Saunas. Fireplaces, saunas, okay. and all the accessories that go with it. Okay. So, so what's that's our the, focus.
0: Yeah. what are these, these are for the most part, seasonal products. What does that look like for you guys as far as the seasons when people want things? Because your winter starts a lot earlier than the rest of the world. Yes.
1: We used to be a lot more seasonal than we are now. Okay. I don't know... I think perhaps the consumers purchasing has changed a little bit. Maybe, maybe our business and reputation has changed. I feel like we've got a, a very strong, I'm trying to say the, our market share is great. I believe for yeah. Alaska and, and Anchorage, where we're at, I could have a lot to do with it, but where we used to just be busy in the worst time of the year, because for us, the summer is where we like to get out and enjoy ourselves. But then that also brings all the busyness of everyday business. Mm-hmm. And we used to have some slow times, though. We get uh, projects done, and now it's busy all the time. Every month, it never slows down. It's just,
2: it's nice, because it's steady versus Mm -hmm. it being like this, and then that's what it used to be. Now we can't predict anything. Like, every month is just as busy as the month before every it's just weird. Yeah. Was that, was
0: it, had that seasonality gone away pre COVID and, it, or has it yeah. got, and it, has it just gotten worse since worse? <laughs> <Is> <laughs> it was before since COVID. <laughs> it was
2: before COVID, I would say. But yeah.
1: COVID definitely it uh,
2: helped. There's no doubt about that.
1: It definitely was tiring. It was tiring because during COVID, we were one of the few that was open. And I don't know.
2: Well, I was jealous. <laughs> everybody
1: just started working on their houses starting these projects and staying home, the constant hunt for filling the warehouse with products. So we'd have something to sell and everything just got busy.
2: It got crazy busy. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's hard. It's, it was such a financially, it was such a great time for our industry, Just sales were amazing. Everything was, that was all great. Um, but from a stress and burnout standpoint, it was just really tough. And I think talking to a lot of hot retailers right now who are just wiped out and ready for some kind of relief because it's been great. And count your blessings that you weren't one of the businesses on the other side of this, but absolutely, it was still exhausting.
2: <laughs> it is. It's still
0: exhausting.
2: The, it hasn't, the, it hasn't stopped. And it's amazing that customers, and it's just, it's crazy. It's like, why? COVID is over and it's, I don't make anything. I sell it. I can't explain the chain reaction of there's still delays. It's, right. it's amazing that people are still questioning today, like right. where we are. It's like, where have you been? Have you turned on a TV? Oh my goodness. We, oh my God. Still that's so trickling down. We're not done yet. It, we're still trickling. So yeah, just yeah, that's just amazing.
0: Yeah, that is amazing. And it's, and I think that was one of the thing that things that was Hardest for people as I talked to them was how you had all of these challenges related to COVID. You had the supply chain challenges. You had all of those things. But maybe the worst part of it was feeling like you're always letting customers down because you're used yes. to not you're used to fulfilling your promises and doing what you say you're going to do. And suddenly you're having a lot of conversations with people where they're unhappy instead of and it's it just was a really hard thing for a lot of people, it was no no fault of their own, but suddenly you've got customer service issues that you've never had before. And you're just like, I promise you, I have no control over this. (laughs)
2: Yeah. We still explain that to customers on all ends of our product. And it's just amazing that you're still having to explain to people what's going on in the world. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: But I think we're really blessed by the brands that we carry as well. And over the years, we've always tried to get the best brands out there mm-hmm. with good support, good products. Um, mm-hmm. But through COVID, that became clearly helpful yeah. because the more insight and, and more capable your manufacturers were, mm-hmm. the better off that we're going to be able to handle all the, those yeah. issues. Yeah. Yes. A lot of our competition has been without product. And I feel really grateful that mm-hmm. even though a lot of our products have been on allocation, we've still been able to manage and keep a constant flow of product. Yeah. It's just yep. a lot more work on how you juggle delays and availabilities and the different sorts of things.
2: Yep. Allotments, but it doesn't matter. At least we've been getting tubs this whole time on the spa side of it, whereas our competitors have not. So yeah, let's we've give us with
1: our brands for sure. Yeah,
0: let's give them a plug. What brands do you guys carry? For
1: the spas, we carry the bullfrog as okay. well as American World bowl. Okay. And for, for our stoves, we handle with the Hearth and Home Technologies products.
0: Okay. Uh, oh,
1: they you. have a... Large family of brands. Yeah. And then uh, Kuma stoves and cozy heat fireplaces. And uh, we deal with Finlandia sauna.
0: Sure. So
1: those would be our main products. Okay. We feel over the years that they're just the top of the line products. Yeah. Yeah. Which your manufacturer can make things hard or easy for you as a dealer. So that's half of it is support from your dealer as well as the products that they make.
0: Yeah, it's really. It did seem like there was a lot of kind of separating the wheat from the chaff in this, as far as your relationships with different manufacturers during this time, because yeah, they were hit with all these unexpected challenges as well, and, and how they responded directly impacted their dealer network. And and yeah, I really feel for those dealers who weren't able to get product because what a nightmare from a cash flow standpoint, right? It's yes. If you're trying to run a business and you don't have any product to sell, and as we all know, like we don't get paid in the hot tub industry until that hot tub's delivered. So even if you sold 5,000 hot tubs in 2020, but you only delivered 50,
2: yeah, I don't <laughs>
0: you're, know. you're in trouble.
2: Yeah, it's hard. I can't imagine what they're dealing with right now. I just am yeah. so, so glad that it's not us. Yeah. <laughs> that's so terrible <laughs> to say, but we we're fortunate with our manufacturers that they're in the U S and I think that's a huge, huge deal. And everyone needs to learn from this. Last few years, that you need to deal with US manufacturers because if you don't, it's hard. Yeah. Yeah. Because you, your stuff isn't stuck in a port for
0: five months on top of the eight month lead time that you've already waited. Although you guys still have the two weeks on the barge.
2: (laughs) (laughs) We do. But everyone knows that. Anyone up here knows that you're paying for barges and you're paying extra for shipping. That's just the way it is.
0: Yeah. It is what it is. That's an expectation when you live in Alaska. Like when you live in Oklahoma, your roof is only going to last seven years. So you guys started by taking over the store in Fairbanks. Do you still have a location in Fairbanks?
1: No, we, we decided that was, I guess the juice wasn't worth a squeeze there. It was a, it's a very tough environment. Winters are very tough. Summers are even, are tough as well. And even though this was good, it's a, it's what? Three hundred and sixty-five miles away, so it's really hard to manage a store from that distance. Yeah, right. The community is different up there, so we just we decided to pull back, and we had so much going on here at the main store that
2: yeah. Not to mention, Fairbanks alone has some super strict uh, regulations with EPA and wood stove burning because of the inversions from their crazy weather in the winters. Even today, I think the dealer, the main dealer in Fairbanks, now. What they're allowed to sell like two stoves.
1: Yeah. They have a very, very restricted on what they can and can't do. Okay. Which just, just adds to. How tough it is.
2: Yeah. And that's on the wood stove side. So on the wood stove side of things in Fairbanks, there's very, even though EPA has things that are certified and you're able to sell, they have their own rules, which makes it even harder. So technically, even though they have access, let's just say 50 stoves, they're only, mm-hmm. selling, they're only allowed to sell like three of them. Because they won't let you install them in the home and you're not allowed to sell them in the borough. It's a good thing. Everything happens for a reason. I'm a firm believer of that. And we knew when we went into Fairbanks, it was, um, they had the, what's called change out programs. And as a business, we went in there and did our thing and we left. And thankfully we did because there would hardly be any stoves that we'd be able to sell there anyways. And it's so far away, it's hard to manage 400 miles away. So.
0: Yeah, for sure. 400 miles away. And it's, it's, I imagine not always easy to get to and from. It's not like you can just hop on, No, not like you can always drive, not like you can even always fly. You're
1: driving right through the mountain ranges. And when you get there, it's 40 below all winter long, so it's a harsh Yeah, it's awful.
2: I lived there for 30 years and I got out for a reason. And I was like, I don't want to go back. I'll do two more years at Fairbanks as as for the company, but I'm out of there after that. Yeah. My whole life I spent trying to get out of
0: there. I did. So I grew up in North Dakota. So I feel you on the like 30 below winters and just not wanting to deal with that ever Mm -hmm. again. (laughs) Yes ever. Although you didn't get too far away. I imagine you still get some pretty chilly winters. Oh yeah. I mean, we still
2: have long dark winters, but Anchorage yeah. is nothing. Like the average cold here is like zero. And if it goes below that, then that's a cold snap. But in Fairbanks, yeah. like the average is 20 below or colder. So yeah. It just gets really hard on everything your body, your vehicles, your home, yeah. your heating bills, your yeah. hot tubs. Your hot tubs.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. We talk about making some hearty winterized hot tubs, but there's a difference between cold and it's going to be 40 below for on it. I think yeah. that's hot tub oh. abuse. Yeah, that should be abuse to hot tubs. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a good case study. So, you guys came back to Anchorage closed the Fairbanks store and, but you're doing, you've got something big in the works now. Are you adding new location? Have you remodeled? I know you've got some stuff going on now, right? We've
1: done quite a bit of changes. We had a large facility that was down in an industrial area, okay, which gave us a ton of space and it was great for our contractor, but contractor business kind of died off a little bit. Now it's a lot more consumer retail, which we needed to have a little bit more accessible location and a little bit nicer, more user interactive. And sure. So we had changed locations there, but real estate's hard to come by here. So we've got into a temporary area and then a couple of years ago we found a place and that we purchased and are back into our own place, which is excellent. Yeah. Really good feeling there. Yeah. And yeah. We've done a complete remodel on it. And looks great. It's got everything. Because hot tubs are big. And so like our, our temporary, more temporary area was actually upstairs. And so we had no. to all the yes. spas into the showroom. And it's, it's, it's a little bit different now. We're in more of a, it's a steel building with a cement, polished cement floor. So yeah, much easier. We got a, a big garage door going into the showroom so we can just wheel stuff right in. And that, that really lightens your manpower load and your efforts and just, Everything's better.
0: I cannot picture a hot tub showroom upstairs. Yeah, <laughs> nobody could. They're like, wait a minute,
1: hot tubs
0: upstairs.
1: That how? was the first question that we'd have to answer: is how we get the hot <laughs>
0: tubs here. Yeah, <laughs> <Very important>. seriously. <laughs> oh man, yeah, that doesn't sound that doesn't sound great. And it's funny because when I talk to retailers about opening new locations, and let's say they're moving into just like a strip mall area or something. Like getting the hot tubs in is always a challenge. And so you're yes. always having to redo the door and you're always having to spend all this money on the door. And it's so frustrating because it's, I'm spending money on this door and it doesn't add anything to my showroom, but, but yeah, I don't know if they'd feel that way after they had to get the
2: hot tubs upstairs. <laughs> That's a little different.
1: Yeah. yeah so that yeah. was my, uh. My, the, my biggest dream with the new store was we're going to have to have a garage door into the showroom so we can get all of our heavy stoves, all our yeah. big and everything in. Beneath. And no
2: carpet. That was the other thing because then you roll rolling carpet up because everything weighs 500 pounds plus. So you put those on wheels and your carpet rolls and yeah. Yeah. So it was like concrete, polished floors, garage doors into the showroom. Like we, we knew what we wanted when we were looking and we've been looking for years. We, yeah. Just weren't buying what was available. We were waiting for what we wanted because we had a vision and we weren't going to do it unless that was the vision. And we got really lucky with this location. Yeah, before.
0: so that's great. So you guys didn't have to build then. You were able to actually find yeah. something that fit your needs, which, the, yeah, that's amazing.
2: Yeah, that was a warehouse that we flipped into retail. So it worked out perfect. That's
0: great. What kind of square footage are you dealing with now that you've got this new space? We've
1: got probably 6,000 square feet okay. of a showroom. Yeah. And then they have got about... 5,000 square feet of warehouse. Okay. And then we've got a lot of outdoor storage. Our ceilings
2: are 24 feet. Yeah. We have, so we have you know, just tall open space. Yeah.
1: Yeah. We've got, we, we made really good use of our space and it's still a work in progress. Yeah. Uh, oh, we always. The
0: showroom is never done.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, we, we've had a pretty overwhelming winter and summer being that we moved in in April and we have. The season, uh, you know, we start getting busy and trying to get moved, and the deadlines moving in, moving out, contractors. It's been open uh, the whole time throughout handled. all of
2: it, never closed, just shifted. <laughs>
1: But uh, business has been great. That's the, that's what makes you happy or sad is how business is doing.
0: Yeah. That's the payoff, right? You make all these decisions as a business owner. And I think you, in your gut, a lot of times, like this is what we're supposed to do. And this is what we're, this is the plan. And you go along with, there's still that part of you that's like, man, I hope this works.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Oh, for sure. Oh, every day. And with COVID, putting all that money out that we've been saving for years, not knowing. Are people going to know where a new location is? How is that going to affect business? Yeah. Yeah. Can we get product? So there's been a lot of a lot of questions. Yeah, so,
2: we put a we put the opera on this building in June of 2020. <laughs> so we're like, I don't know, but how did but it? it's been great. How did the
0: how did the COVID flow go for you guys? Because for for most people I talked to, it was like we hit March and suddenly and everything closes down, and you're like, okay, yes, guess we're going out of business. This sucks. And then April and May, really within like 30 days or less from getting those shutdowns. It just skyrocketed and it was like, okay, yes. this is going to be different than we expected. Did you guys follow that same trajectory? Yeah. Okay. Well, I think got, it got
2: busy right away.
1: Mm. We got nervous because they were forcing uh, closures and shutdowns yeah. to hunker down. And uh, we got, We stayed open because we had heating appliances, appliances spa, chemicals,
2: and chemicals. Yeah. So, uh, sure. chemicals. yeah. And, uh, Sanitization.
1: And we uh, curbside service. And it made us nervous for sure. But uh, we were fortunate that. We've been thinking about this new location for a while, and so we had a little nest egg we've been saving on. So, mm-hmm. worst came to worst, we had we had some reserves that would yeah. get us through it, but it'd be terrible if we had to break into those. And yeah, and, and thankfully business carried on. and yeah. everything went smooth.
0: Yeah, yeah. did you guys I, you started to plan for this new location? Did that mean that you had some? um, orders placed ahead of time to get some inventory coming in for the new place. Cause I think that was the other thing that caught a lot of people off guard is that we're so used to selling basically custom appliance to someone. They come in and they pick all the features they want that you order it eight weeks later, they've got what they want. And then suddenly it's like, we had just had to completely change how we sold hot tubs where it's no longer, okay, let's see, I'll pick out all the options. It went more to, this is what we have coming in. Do you want it? And some people were Late to get those orders in. And so they had a lull between when they were selling and when they're getting product
1: in. I think uh, one of the great things that we had going for us was that we were planning to have both locations open for about a year. Okay. And so we had brought in inventory to fill both stores. Yeah. And our contractors were way behind, I don't know, a year behind. And yeah. so we never did have two stores really operating at the same time. And all that extra inventory turned out we needed it just to run our main right. run store. So it turned out to be
0: Oh man, that is disguise. Yeah,
2: that turned into stash everything in the new warehouse. So you don't sell it so that you have that showroom set up so that that's how we were able to set up this room or this building and then lock the doors in that building and then finish moving out the leftovers. But we sold all the displays and stuff. So the less we had to move out of there, the better. But yeah, like you said, we were already going to be furnishing two stores, so we had everything over here to begin with. So, oh it really man, that worked out. out well.
0: Yeah, that worked out. That worked out great. <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah. I apologize. I have to go get our son picked up from after-school sports, but I'm going to Bobby here. Yeah, no, that's totally fair.
0: <laughs> I'm definitely waiting for my girls to come in from their dance class and interrupt us, so that'll probably happen too. <laughs> yeah,
2: life, right outside yeah. work.
0: Yep, exactly. We're gonna be moms and dads. <laughs> All right, so it was nice awesome to meet job. you. Thank you so much for, yeah, for doing too. this. I appreciate Thank it. Thank you. Of course. So Bobby, you yes. guys have, you've got your new place. You've got that sort of settled in and set up. So what kind of, what are you thinking from here? What are the big, what are the plans going forward? I think
1: we have uh, like a five, 10 year plan where we hope to start to gradually Get some time that's What what a concept!
0: My retirement. (laughs) No, that's great though, because that's again, as business owners, we don't always plan for that, and so then you wake up five years later and you're like, I haven't taken a vacation in ten years. What has happened?
1: (laughs) Yeah, I can see the 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 list of projects that I've had for years and years. I can see that dwindling down, and the building's coming together, and so I think everything's coming together nice. It's just still in there, still working, still running hard, and yeah. Knocking things off the list. Yeah. Yeah. But certainly the goal is get some more free time. Yeah, we're kind of workaholics. That's <laughs> definitely something we're looking forward to. I have
0: to retrain your brain a little bit on that one. I guess that makes me curious how you plan on on doing that. I feel like the other big thing we're always talking about right now is labor and trying to find people and getting the right people, and that's so key to being able to give yourself some relief as a business owner is having the right people to sort of step in and take some things over. So, are you? Have you kind of found the people that you need to do that?
1: We've been uh, very fortunate. We've got Jeremy Rice with us. Our sales manager has been with us for 22 years now, I believe. Oh, wow. Yeah. So he really knows the business in and out and he's able to really pick up and and run uh, in our absence. We've got that going for us and um, every rep that we've had has always commented on how we're able to do so much with so little. So yeah. we've always been really efficient. It's always been a thing that my dad has passed on to me about efficiency and keeping your eye on the ball. And and that I think that's contributed to our success. Yeah. And I've got my son who's 13 and I don't want to push him too hard, but hopefully, you know, I've got my hopes up for him. Well, he's
0: a little, he's a little young too, you know, to turn the business over to just yet.
1: And our daughter's uh, 22, Okay, which she doesn't have any interest at this point, but you know, so you I'm really helpful with you those can't guys. You him
0: around, so, you know, you never know. And, and yeah, once you guys, hopefully you can actually spend a little bit more time down in that house in Florida, hurricane free for a while and enjoy it. Yeah,
1: that would be great.
0: So I, I don't think I asked you and I should have, I know you said your grandpa is the one who started the business,
1: but we should say, what was his name? I'm third. So he was Robert Carlson. Gotcha. And so he went by Bob, my father went by Robert. And okay. then, so then I had taken over Bobby. Got it. Got it. And hey. even though they're not around anymore, I still go yeah. find Bobby.
0: Yeah. It would be weird to go backwards and be called by their names. Yep. Are you ready for the Spa Retailer 5? And then I'll get, let you get back to your day. Yeah. All right. So these are supposed to be rapid fire, but sometimes they end up being long. Do you remember the first hot tub that you ever sold? The product or the customer or the circumstances? I really, I saw
1: that question. I don't recall. So I started yeah. out doing our installs. Okay. And deliveries and warehouse. And so I trickled into sales um, to learn that side of it. But I'm much yeah. more of a technical person, the hands-on mechanical guy. Sure. Uh, more so than the people guy that is, talks all day. So, <laughs> so I can't really think back of my first sale. Yeah. But it was, it was definitely not my nature for sales. So it's always something that I kind of was a little bit nervous about and when I work into, and it took a long time before I got confident in mm-hmm. sales.
0: Yeah. I can relate to that quite a bit. So was working at the store, was that your first real kind of W2 paying job? Or did you, did you, I don't know, flip burgers or
1: shovel snow? I don't think it was. I, it was more of a chores for me. I think when I worked as a child and then, uh-huh. uh, you know, I got a couple of jobs when I was real young to pay the gas for my car. But then I think it was about maybe a junior in high school. I got a job in the summer uh, building houses.
2: Okay. And
1: so I just started uh, building houses and then a fabricator for like a truck building company. Okay. We did all kinds of like state you know, utility trucks and that. Sure. So we would accessorize them. And then I went on with the railroad and became a journeyman railroader. Uh, oh, man. Fabricator. And then sheet metal, got in the Sheep metal union for a while, and uh, so and then all this time back and forth with the family business.
0: Yeah, yeah, that is that's fascinating. You did you really did do a whole bunch of different
1: careers before you?
0: They kind of had a a, thr- a through line, a little bit of a, a connecting thread.
1: But but Alaska is a, kind of a do it yourselfer state. We're closed off, and so you're limited to who you can even find to do your job. And then we're so spread out that it's not like you just have, you go down the block to your local retailer and get what you need and have hire them up. Uh, It's a very self-sufficient state. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's cool because I think something we've bemoaned is that the loss of the trades and now that's not something that people are going into and doing as much anymore. But I guess you live in an area where... That's not not really a choice, you, because if there's no one else to do it for you,
1: <laughs> right. So sometimes you learn how to do things you don't really want to, but just out of necessity.
0: Yeah. So I like to ask people, what was their kind of worst idea, and what was the best idea that they've tried in their business? It's always good to talk about. To look back on failures and successes. So, is there something that you can think of that you're like, Wow, that just did not
1: work out the way I had really hoped? Not so much, nothing that stands out, you know, yeah. being a third generation, I was told what to do, what not to do. <laughs> you no got they made it.
0: all the mistakes for you. <laughs>
1: yeah, and as far as the successes go, I think that we've done well. I've gotten uh, to work with both my grandpa and my dad, mm. and of course. They're really old school as most of their generation is. So I've seen how advertising efforts and successes have changed and just overall business, how you can relate to your customers and the, how they evolve and how business needs to be evolving constantly just to keep up with the flow.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That sounds, that's great. And, you know, and, you know, I feel like this, this new building of yours, that's definitely one of those, like milestone mark put a mark down we did this kind of accomplishments too
1: yep yep
0: so i like to ask people too if they have a favorite book or tv show or maybe even podcast something that they do to either entertain themselves give themselves a little break or some people are like really like to do read business books or i
1: don't know i usually work until about eight o'clock every day yep. on different projects. I got the my work day at the business. Yep. And then we've got our projects at home and it keeps me busy. And oh, then, huh. But something I do every night is I'm going to drink a beer and I'm going to sit down and watch TV for two hours or so before I go to bed yep. and, and try to get some time in with the family. And I mix, mix the family in with projects and yeah. I try to get my son out into the garage as much as we can, get him some skills. and. Yeah. Whatnot. And then I've got some old cars that I work on. Okay. They take the backseat to my projects, but I think this winter we're going to get close enough to with everything else that I'm going to get some good time in the garage and get some of those hobbies. Yeah. Back out, take the dust off.
0: That's great. I love hearing all the different ways that people people unwind and give themselves a break and give their mind a break from the the daily grind of running a business. And so I think the first one who works on cars.
1: That's pretty We like to fish too. We've got uh, some cabins that we go to in the summertime as much as yeah. we can. Weekends are short. That's the problem with retail is uh, you've got to have the, you got to be manning the, the the counter there, whether you're busy or not. Yeah. Uh, but I uh, would like to get out and do fishing, camping outdoors, biking. Yeah. Cooling. That's the
0: reason you live in Alaska, right? Those are the, some, those are some of the perks of being in such a beautiful, wild place.
1: <laughs> right. It's incredible up here too. The mountains, the ocean. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, Bobby, thank you so much for finding time to talk to me. I'm sorry that it had to be such a crazy time where you're running back and forth to Florida and worrying about hurricanes and all of that. So I really appreciate you making the time and rushing in from a delivery to do this, but but yeah, thank you so much. It was so nice to meet you and Christy and hear about your business and what you guys are doing up there in Alaska.
1: Oh, you're welcome. It's great speaking with you as well.
0: Spa Retailer Podcast is a production of Spa Retailer Magazine. Let us know what you think by leaving a review or emailing us at podcast at spa retailer.com. Thanks for listening.